Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name is Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Hey, I'm really glad that you are joining me for this episode. So thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. And I'm looking forward to this conversation as we dig into the whole idea about bridging the gap with the ministry of worship and how worship can be used to help draw ministries together and just do amazing things around our children's ministry. So I can't wait to get into this discussion. But before we do, I want to say thank you to our episode sponsor, the Sunday School Store. If you're struggling to find biblical relevant resources for your ministry, I want to tell you, don't worry anymore. The sundayschool.store can help you find some fantastic curriculum. They've got a ton of different resources available, all built for small to medium-sized churches and even large churches too. And so I want to say thank you to their sponsorship of this week's episode of the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast. We really appreciate them and their support. So go check out the sundayschool.store. The link will be in the show notes. You can check it out there. I want to say, uh, again, I love the fact that we get to talk about worship. I love music. I love, I've always got it playing in my office. Um, there's very, people that have listened to the podcast know I don't do solitude and silence very well. I'm getting better. I'm getting better, but I love music and I love worship music. Sometimes it's just instrumental, man. I can't even talk today. <laughs> That's not good when you're trying to record a podcast, but uh, I, I just, I love music and I love when I get to find ministries that share a heartbeat for worship in, in the way that I do. And I got the chance to have a booth at a children's pastors conference back in January and my booth neighbors, as I'm going to call them, uh, was the team from CM Worship, Charlie and Keith. And uh, guys, welcome to the KMC podcast. Uh, thank you so much, Tom. Thank you for having us. Good afternoon. Hey, so you know what? I have a feeling that a lot of people haven't heard about you guys just yet. And We're I new. want you, to, yeah, uh, <laughs> I want you to introduce yourselves and tell a little bit about who you are, what you do, and you can decide who goes first. I don't know if you have to arm wrestle, thumb wrestle. Our story's the do. same. <laughs> Charlie can tell it. Yeah. Um, like you said, uh, my name is Charlie Talley. This is Keith Millius. We are with um, CM Worship. Uh, we are a children's worship resource. Uh, we come from a church background um, that is um, a church of a little bit over 10,000 outside of the Nashville area. Um, and we both worked in the kids choir, teen choir, and children's worship ministries um, at that church. And we had a very fruitful ministry there. Um, 15 years yes. plus. Ooh, all right. And so we had about um, 300 kids within our kids choirs, teen choirs, uh, 100 volunteers. And um, it was a blessing to be able to do that. Um, but then God opened the door for us to be able to step out on faith and open a publishing company um, for resources for different um, children's worship um, songs, for um, kids' musicals, um, then also some curriculum in there as well. So um, it's been an exciting time. God's opened some great doors, and we are happy to faithfully walk through it. It's so cool. And we just had a good time. I mean, 
um, you know, throwing candy. No, we didn't throw candy at each other <laughs> at the booth. And, but we had a good time at, at Children's Pastors Conference. And yeah, both of us being brand new ministries um, with restoring leaders there and and having you guys there. It was really cool. First timers of, of have, being in a resource center for both of us. So right, it was quite- it was. we had done a, uh, a little bit of resource center booth type things at a, at a conference in Nashville through the church a few years ago. Um, this was a CPC was a, a very different experience and it was neat meeting everybody. There was a, a lot more uh, people on the go, people growing. And uh, we came away with as many ideas as I feel like we gave out from people. So yeah, that's, yeah CPC that's, was great. I loved it. I loved it. And it was a great time. So, well, one of the things that we always do on the Kid Ministry Collective podcast is we start off our question or our podcast with a, with a why type question. And so you don't get out of that. Um, it's just what we do. So the, the, the why question for you guys is this, is why is worship and the worship ministry so important to you all? Mm, yeah, very good. Um, and and I, I knew about your why questions and I've enjoyed hearing people answer. <laughs> and I've been waiting for somebody to just say, why not? That's that's my response. Oh, Why? you got it. Hey, you're, you're the <laughs> first. I, I I honestly have been waiting for that too. Right, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll respond to your question with a question. Why yeah. not? Um, well, you know, Charlie said we come from, initially we came from a children's choir background. Now we both worked in the worship department though at the church. So, you know, uh, just for some background, if, if there's some people who don't see this in their own church, you get a uh, children's choir, children's worship, uh, teen choir, teen worship. Those can be housed in different areas of the church, right? Depending on the church. And so sometimes you see children's choir housed in the children's ministry. And those people work in with the other people in the children's ministry staff. Sometimes they work in the worship ministry area. And you'll see those choir directors working with the other worship leaders. You know, in our instance, we sat in both. And that brought a lot of pros and cons. But we sat in the worship ministry. I played the piano and, and arranged the adult worship, too. Charlie was the admin for the adult worship, but she ran the teen choir. I ran the kids choir and uh, we chose to sit in the uh, children's ministry area as well because we wanted to, you know, they have just by nature of security and safety procedures with children. You have a lot of, you know, check in and check out procedures. You have a lot of, you know, processes that the parents are used to going through with their kids every week. And we didn't want to throw something different at them. You know, we didn't want to yeah. have our own separate plan. We wanted it to be a seamless uh, experience when they came to church. So we made sure that our, that our uh, check-in and check-out procedures, our security procedures, our tags, everything like that just melded right in with the children's ministry. So we come from a worship background. Um, but we also, uh, our church was a little unique in that we were big on productions, seasonal mm -hmm. productions. So uh -huh. we might bring in a group of 22 drummers, theatrical drum, theatrical drum group that would have all these exotic drums and choreograph around the stage. Or we might do something with, you know, we, we did once where we had 88 guitar players on the stage. 
you know, something like that. And we, and we sang nothing is impossible. And we had scaffolding all up the back and we had 88 guitar players all, all, uh, all over the stage and layered them on. We did one thing where we had pianos all over. So, you know, so we did a lot of novelty production type things and the children's choir and the uh, teen choir fit right into that being able to do, um, to do eighties themed uh, music or do a circus. We did a greatest showman themed. Um, so we came from this performance in the worship area background, but uh, as Charlie talks about, and you can jump in with this at, at any point, what we started noticing is you had this children's worship program at the church as well, where they would, they would lead worship in the preschool area, they would lead worship in the elementary school area, um, and in different age groups, and we started noticing that these were the same kids, the same teenagers leading worship on the weekends that were in our teen choir that were leading our kids choir. And so, again, that continuity of, of just saying, well, for the average family coming to the church, this person that, you know, the, they don't know the, the inner workings of the office dynamics of the church they just know that this person is in kids choir and this person is leading on sunday mornings and so when there was some leadership changing and all we got with uh, johnny rogers from uh, kidmo fame was our children's huh? pastor and we did we got with him and said why don't we just house all this under the same umbrella and we can provide an experience for these teens volunteering for like charlie said our adult volunteers we realized that we were able to just spread everybody out, use everybody's giftings in a lot more broad area. So when you say worship, worship is important to us, but it was the opportunities that the worship, that volunteering in a worship area provided, and then also what the volunteers in those worship groups could provide to a children's ministry or provide yeah. to the student ministry or provide to the, to the adult worship ministry. That's really good. And I think that honestly, that leads me into the next, the next question is as far as you guys really turned and utilized the worship ministry, um, using choirs and, and musicals and things like that to bridge the gaps between ministries. And, and I, I'd love to hear more about how you did that and why you see that as a, as a, a key element that they're really any church of any size. I mean, some people hear, you know, hear the big numbers and think, Oh no, I can't do this. And we'll talk more about that, about yeah. what smaller yeah, churches we'll, can do. Yeah. Um, we started at zero. So. <laughs> we didn't start. At everybody 10, does. Right. So we, we started zero. Yeah. Well, but, you know, for it's particularly like for us, where we started with the kids choir aspect, um, being able to serve in that capacity, that is the first time a child is able to serve within the church. Mm -hmm. And we had kids choirs from everything from like little kids choirs from kindergarten to first. Then we had a kids choir second through six. So we're starting servanthood and that love yeah. to serve within the church at a young age and giving them the opportunities for that. So one, that is invaluable in itself. Two, being able to say, okay, well, these are the songs that we're learning in children's ministry. These are the songs that like we are coming into corporate worship in every single week in the children's ministry. Um, and then being able to take that and have like a Sunday night where they're able to do a special on the in big church, right? 
uh-huh. um, to be able to go up there and be able to lead in a song or a special with that. And then all of a sudden the church in a whole gets a window into, Hey, this is what the Lord is doing mm-hmm. within our children's ministry. So many times parents just drop off their kids at the front door. They know they're having a wonderful experience. They hear from their kids that they're having a wonderful experience, but it's different when you're able to pull back the curtain and actually see it with your own eyes. Experience it and feel it. Yes. Um, Yes. And then all of a sudden, not only is everyone in the pews on board, but all of staff is on board. You have everyone, everyone is cheering for that to succeed. Yes. You know, and so um, once you have those wins, once you see how that is um, affecting not only their lives, but the lives of their families, um, if you're able to pour into that, everyone is going to slowly start getting on board. Yeah. And I mean, I can see how, you know, and doing stuff, having having things like this, having worship choirs or praise teams. It it builds those kind of ministries. I mean, I've always viewed and I've Mm -hmm. always said it, that getting kids involved and helping, you know, having kids lead kids in worship, um, then equips them to move up into the student ministry and also then be on praise teams. And then those kids move into the adult ministry. But I also love it that when your churches do a family Sunday, you've got people that have been trained and equipped, um, you know, children and students that could come up onto the main stage and I've seen it work. Um, and I wish more churches would do it, honestly. Um, one big aspect of when we started into CM worship, we started looking, it's like, okay, well, what are the pillars that we want? Um, and one of the first things was we need music that one kids can actually sing along to it's in their registers it's in their keys <laughs> right we yep. and then we wanted songs that actually they heard other kids voices on so many times yes. they'll hear an emulation of what's of a big adult voice well yeah. that's beautiful and it's wonderful to hear i love i love hearing it but it's not accessible to a kid and yes. so when they're able to hear their own little voices singing out, now we've instilled within them, oh, I can use my voice to praise God. I, all of us here as- I can participate. I can participate in it. There you go. And so mm-hmm. now they can look back when they're in the big, big church, when they've grown up, they know what it's like to have faith like a child. You know, yes. that's the whole point. That's why that's what Christ was saying. Have yeah. faith like this child. Now I can look back and say, that's how that was done. Yeah, I had that faith. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, again, it's, it's vital. Um, and I, and it's part of the discipleship of the church. Um, you know, you're getting, you're getting young people that want to use uh, their talents and their abilities um, and their gifts for God's glory. And that's discipleship. And mm-hmm. I, I, I just feel like, you know, and I have seen it, I will say, I think I have noticed a difference when I have used music that has kids voices in the, in the background mm-hmm. that the kids sing out louder and, and they like it more. And I know when I implemented our praise team where I had, I had kids, fourth, fifth graders leading the rest of the group in worship that, the kids really responded better than when I had teenagers or adults yeah. up front mm-hmm. leading the worship. Adults, especially, um, you know, what was funny was uh, the, the worship team that we had, uh, Charlie used to do an exercise with them 
where you could go, they would have devotion time between the services and she would go around the table with them. And, uh, you know, every, every now and then and say, what led you to want to be in this ministry or in this program? And nine times out of 10, the story was when I was in the third grade, I knew so-and-so, you know, and they would name some college student that used to do it when they were a freshman in high school. Or, you know, and they're yeah. like, I saw my sister do this. Yeah, I saw my sister. I saw one of my older friends that was up there and I looked up to them. And so now you've created an iron sharpens iron situation that with a funnel of kids coming through with service opportunities. And once you get one of those generations, the next just start following in line because they've, they've seen that they know what, they know what that mentor role is. So now they're looking forward to it. So they're not, they're not just going, Oh, I'm standing in front of these kids singing. They're actually understanding I'm speaking into these kids. I'm coaching these, this group, I'm helping them come along. I know what I needed to know. Yeah. And And each group grows uh, on itself. And once you have that, guess what you've already instilled. You're asking about bridging ministries. You are just by creating that you just built a bridge between you and your youth ministry. Right. So now you are working with your youth pastor and your youth pastor can say, we have these service opportunities that our kids can get involved in. And you can start preparing them ahead of time. Yes. Yeah. Even, you know, so, so it's, I love it. Um, w- between these different ministries, which whether between serving, whether between it's um, with your um, worship ministry, uh, participating in a, on a weekend service or Sunday night service, there's so many ways of being able to bridge those ministries. Uh, it just takes a little bit of creativity and not being scared to ask and putting yourself out there. <laughs> and honestly, Tom, you know, part of the reason why this topic even came up when you and I were talking to each other is as, as natural as this sounds from the three of us talking about it and you relating your own stories. Um, it's surprising how many children's choir directors, children's worship leaders we hear from that say, I'm all alone. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have access to my worship leader. I don't, I don't even know, you know, I, I, I remember talking to a church, a decent sized church in Memphis a few years ago where they said, oh, we're not even allowed to speak to our youth pastor. You know, wow. we, we can't even approach them about teens and, and, and this sort of thing. Um, it, it's when we bring up the word siloed, that, mm-hmm. that brings uh, connotations of, of you, you, this is a self-inflicted wound that you siloed yourself, you know, right. but a lot of times it, these people just feel I'm out here alone. Yep. What can I, how do I do this? Some stories of, uh, well, last year we had uh, a, a lady in Florida that said, uh, my pastor came in the other day and said, go ahead and type me up uh, a little uh, bullet point thing of why we should keep this ministry going. And I mean, she, you know, she didn't oh. even know how to, how to add, you know, go through value adds to right. what am I bringing to the church? How, how am I justifying this? Right. So yeah. I, I know as natural as that sounds, I know that there are in, in any area of ministry in the church, it's easy to feel isolated. Right. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about that for a second then, because I do think there might, there probably are some people listening going, yeah, you're right. That's me. Um, I don't, I don't know how to bridge that gap because, 
Uh, it feels, it doesn't feel like a gap. It feels like a chasm. I mean, it feels like yeah. a Grand Canyon. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I'll go back to my, I'll show my age of, you know, evil Knievel trying to jump the Grand Canyon. <laughs> oh, people are going to have to Google who evil Knievel is. I watched but... that documentary the other day of his son <laughs> doing it. <laughs> yeah, he made yeah. it work for dad. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I mean, I remember watching that was all that stuff live, man. I used to have yeah, the little evil evil dude that on the motorcycle, you had to crank it. Wide up world of sports. You, you went and got your gold jacket out of the closet and put it on uh, yeah. Jim McKay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. People are going to be Googling those. Yeah. Be now, I'm sure I just lost half the group right now. They've stopped the podcast because they're going to go Google evil yep. and evil and grand Canyon. Um, do the jumping of the shark. That's where that phrase came from. Uh, because <laughs> he stupidly did it. Uh, I remember crying, thinking he was going to die. That <laughs> yeah, night. He was I, I, did, I remember. I remember my dad going, "He'll be okay. He's yeah. fine. He just broke his nose. He just yeah. told me he broke his nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he broke a lot more than his nose. <laughs> anyway, and so yes, we have this Grand Canyon. Well, let's loop back to this <laughs> squirrel. Um, yep. But, you know, a lot of leaders do, they feel like that. And so what would you guys say to them? Um, they're, you know, they're like, hey, I would love to, to do more of this kind of stuff. I would love to see kids getting more active in services and, and doing things. But I don't know how to bridge that gap. I don't know or how to get Or just building volunteers in general. How do, how do I draw these volunteers yeah. into my ministry, wherever that is? Um, one, of the, one of the foundations that we that started this, um, that built this for us was, was beginning with understanding what a win is for my ministry. Um, understanding uh, I, a church calendar is relentless, right? Oh, it's 52 yes. weeks a year and you can have the greatest Easter service in the world, but you got to come back next Sunday. You know, yep. you can have the greatest Christmas program, but that next week is still coming and you don't get to take it off. Right. So, right. so understanding what the win is, what are our goals, and uh, is the beginning for it. And, and, and that works for, for the person on staff. What we found is that works in both directions. In approaching my leadership, in approaching my pastor or my children's pastor or the worship pastor or the student pastor, in approaching these people, it's finding not me going and asking for an opportunity or me going with my hat, in my hand saying, I have this group and we must perform, you know, mm -hmm. but more going to them and saying, what are your needs? What do you want to see happen in the next, you know, we, you know, what, what is the vision your pastors uh, casting? We, we were just talking about a church in Texas that they just got their, their pastor of 30 years retired. They got this new pastor and they've implemented a, 10 year, 10 campuses, 10,000 baptisms, right? Um, um, yeah. Program. And that's very ambitious and that's wonderful. But that's now the pastor set an agenda for everybody. And that should inform you, whether you're the children's pastor, whether you're a kids choir director, whatever that is, that should inform you where the wins are for that, right? So finding yeah. where the wins are for your leadership so that you're going to them, not saying I demand my time or I must justify this rehearsal time or something, but to go and say, where can I help? Where can I add momentum? Where can I jump on board some momentum that's already going, right? And then taking that interaction and that connection that you have upwards with your leadership 
but then also working that back down to your volunteers. Now I go back mm. to my volunteers and you very clearly say, folks, this is what we're working on. You know, this is, here's the next, and whatever it is, here's our, in three months, we've got a Christmas program. This is what we're working on. Or maybe it's in two months, we have bring a friend Sunday. And this is what we're doing. You know, what, what however uh -huh. big or small that is, identify that for your volunteers so that they understand as I get out of bed after a long week of working, how, why am I justifying being here on Sunday morning? Right. <laughs> right. And, and having, putting that mission and that goal, this is what we're working on together. I used to try to use the word opportunity with our volunteers as much huh? as I could, you know, um, because I felt like that's what it was. If the worship leader came to me and said, could we have 50 kids singing with this, you know, adult choir thing? Or could I have a group of kids come and sing for this small group party or something? I saw that as an opportunity to serve, you know, and yeah. under, understanding that whatever ministry you're in, but especially in the worship area, you've got people that are in there. They love singing. Maybe they love putting together a play and doing some lines or playing a part. But for a lot of those people, their heart is serving their church. And they like doing it this way, but what they really want to do is serve the church and serve the family. So you find these wins and you say, this is our mission. This is our objective. This is where we're headed. And we're all going together with this opportunity. And then when you get to that, acknowledge it. This is what we've been working toward. This is what all this yeah. work has been for. And then when it's done, say, there was the win here's here's what we accomplished and celebrate it with them before you move on to that next week or whatever right um with our children's choir especially we would get um new volunteers that would start in august and mm -hmm. uh these people would come in and inevitably about a month in they would go to the other volunteers and say I don't have the first clue what's going on. <laughs> you know, I don't, what is this? What are we doing? You know, uh -huh. and, and the, and the veteran volunteers always said, I would always hear from them. They would say, just hang in there until the Christmas program, you know, just hang in there until the yeah. Christmas program. It'll all make sense. And sure <laughs> enough, you would get these people, they get to the Christmas program. And then those new people, once they got to the performance and they saw the end result, then they yeah. were on board. And like Charlie always says, they we had the buy-in at that yes, point, right? There you go. Uh, point yep. being with that, I realized that we had this, they would start in August, we would get to uh, Christmas and we would get this buy-in and this, now we get it since this win at Christmas. Mm -hmm. So I started thinking, well, how can we get to a win quicker? We, yeah. why, I don't want to wait till Christmas. Right. And so we found an opportunity where our church did um, a what, what they could basically a revival, what they called the fall sermon series. And I realized that we had an opportunity to put the kids on the stage in the weekend services, usually by the end of September, middle of September or something like that. Huh? And that just gave a quick six week runway to where we could bring in these volunteers. We could orient them, say, this is what we're doing in six weeks. We're going to have this weekend where the kids sing. Now, all of a sudden, we're not waiting till December. Right. We're in the middle of September yep. and they're going, I get it. I'm on board. And then you have them, you know, for the next as long as their kids are there, you have them, right? But for those who are listening that are saying, okay, that's great. How do I implement that at my church? You know, like what we were saying, everyone has their, has their calendar. Everyone has their uh -huh. schedule. 
So for that instance, when you're talking about the fall series, the worship team was super busy trying to get together new worship sets, all this different stuff. We went to them and said, how can we help in the midst of it? And they said, oh, well, if you will do this special, that takes a lot of pressure off of us. That gives us a week gap before we have the opportunity. Right. So it's going and saying, oh, Easter's coming up. Y'all have a lot of practices going on. Can we help you with Palm Sunday since you're going to have a lot of practices coming up? Absolutely. Going to your youth minister and saying, I know you're trying to get your youth involved and serve. Here's would these opportunities help? Yes, it would. Mm -hmm. It's finding the needs within your different ministries and being able to bridge those gaps. We used to take the teen choir weekends. They would do a big production on stage. Mm -hmm. But then, like I said, we would have uh, we would have uh, time in between the two services. We they would have a youth group promotional uh, reception thing over in the youth room Mm -hmm. where the choir kids who were kind of your more established, you know, where our families are in the church, they would go over there and you would have this reception where other families could come in, see the room, meet the kids, talk to the youth pastor. And it turned into a nice little meet and greet for new people with students to come and see what the youth program was all about. And that's great with both kids and teens, because for us, anytime that we had kids or students on the stage, we said that that's a huge billboard for that ministry. So mm, if, if they're, yes. if they are participating in worship, if they're participating in any way in the weekend services, then we're going to sh- highlight, okay, well, this is what God is doing within those ministries. This is how you can either get involved or this is how you can start volunteering in those ministries. Um, and so whether that be like a meet and greet, like Keith was saying in the student area, whether if that is going outside and talking to someone about how you can get involved personally, like, I I don't think I know of any ministry in any church that would say, no, I don't want you to give me a volunteer. (laughs) I don't need more volunteers. Yeah. I I haven't heard that come up yet. Right. Exactly. Especially post pandemic. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, that's, that is, that is such a great thing. And I think, you know, yeah, leaders are struggling right now for volunteers. And, and so that's, a I, I like how you even said, you know, go and offer some solutions where, you know, there's needs, um, because that does create wins and that builds trust, um, with yeah. other leaders. Um, it shows you're a team player. Um, and, and that it's not just about your silo, which, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, you know, I, I don't have a, I've always said this and sometimes it's controversial. I don't have a problem with a silo as long as it has doors that semis can drive through. Right. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, because there are times where, yes, my specialty is there, but I want, I want the doors open so big and so wide that anybody feels comfortable. It doesn't feel like, oh, I'm going into something. Um, it's, well, hey, you're and that's welcome. Why, and that's why even with you, when talking with you, we've tried to use the word bridging and all that, because yep. yeah, it's not about tearing down silos. If your ministry yep. can grow by all means, you know, let, let's grow it and let's yep. grow the youth ministry and let's grow the, the small groups and, and all. But the point is, is are, are we isolated in our growth? Exactly. Are we just, are we trying to, to just see how, how big our ministry can grow without growing everybody else's. Um, a, a good example, um, 
of that is we found ourselves. Now, this was an almost a reverse example of what we're talking about. We found ourselves with our teen choir about six years ago. Um, where we were going to put on a, I'm not going to go into that. I usually tell this whole big long story, <laughs> but it, but we we found ourselves with this little production that we were going to have some teens do for some kindergartners where they were going to just perform some Polar Express songs during Christmas. And it turned into, let's take it to the main sanctuary. Let's put it on the, on the stage and let's do oh, it. Boy. And we did a short notice. We didn't really know what to expect. We had some little activities so they could ride trains or send Christmas cards out in the lobby, you know, playing fake snow and all this. And we opened the doors uh, to that first night. 4,000 people showed up for this thing. <laughs> we had we had no in our wildest <laughs> dreams. We thought it, it would be uh, a thousand people. You know, we were like, if a thousand yeah. people show up for this, this would be unbelievable. We, we had hot chocolate and cookies in one area, and the youth minister was over going to Sam's Club to buy the cookies. And he called me and was like, How many cookies should I get? And I was like, Well, Pastor thought X amount of people yeah. would be there. 300 cookies. Yeah, get that, Benny. And so Keith comes and gets me. He's like, Have you seen the lobby? And I was like, No, I haven't. <laughs> and so I texted the youth pastor. I was like, Yeah, that was a grave miscalculation. <laughs> Mis- <laughs> like, yeah. So we had, we, we all of a sudden found ourselves totally unplanned, not expected, yeah. where we're now the community Christmas event, right? Where this now, this is this Polar oh. Express with these teens. This is now the community Christmas thing right Uh so what we did is we realized that we had the kids performing on the stage but we had train rides in an area of the church we had fake snow in an area we had what we called reindeer games well all of a sudden we were able to um let other groups in the church sponsor those areas so if you went to ride a train this was sponsored by the youth group and you had teen volunteers from the youth group you had uh-huh. that ministry running it if you went over to play reindeer games and write a christmas card that was children's ministry we had the preschool group had a little sideshow of their own that they did and that eventually grew out of our hands i mean it grew bigger than what a teen choir could could facilitate but that grew into even them coming in and laying a actual skating rink out on a plaza that they kept wow. up for a month that was sponsored by the small group ministry. You know, wow. so now all of a sudden you've got the whole community <laughs> coming and it's like a little church info meeting where you can go through it's it. An if open I, house. It's an open house. If I'm yeah, ice skating, right? I'm learning about the small groups. If I'm, you know, yeah. and that's easy to do on any level. That is easy to do at a, at a Halloween hoedown kind of a thing or a, a, a an Easter egg, you know, hunt on Saturday yeah. before Easter. Those are easy things to do where you are now giving the other ministries an opportunity into your silo. You're inviting yeah. them to your yep. silo and yep. saying, come and help. We need the help. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. And, and so, yeah, people, hopefully they, they when they hear that word silo there, because again, it's not that you're building your own turf. It's yeah, you know, I use that word as, as a more of a department, as a classification or whatever, but it, because I've, I've seen people take it to the whole wrong level of silo and it's like, no, 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 no. If your doors are so narrow and you're guarding your turf, that's a bad silo. You don't want those kind of things. Um, because again, if one area wins, everybody wins. And yeah. if don't one area loses, bridge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, the bridge is a better illustration than silo. Really. Yes. So, all right. So we've got leaders out there going, okay, I love this. I think it's great. 
how do, how would I get started? Um, you know, I, again, I'm struggling with volunteers. I'm struggling with this. Um, or maybe this isn't even my gifting, but how do I start creating a stronger focused worship ministry that can do these kind of things eventually? Yeah. Well, I think, um, you don't have to be gifted in music to be able to start a worship program. We, um, we were made and created to worship. So whether you think that you are good at worshiping or not, think again, because you are, (laughs) you were created for it. So, uh, and God has instilled within us so many different talents. Um, so whether if you are the piano player, or if you are great at checking off boxes and getting everything organized, you can be used to start this ministry. So, um, one is identifying that strength, right? Where, Where are my strengths? What can I do in order to start this ministry. And then two, identify your weaknesses. Mm. Um, Don't shy away from it. And don't shy away from it. You know, there is strength in knowing your weaknesses and there's strength in, um, once you've identified those, go ahead and start praying for the person who has those strengths that God is going to put in that place to help you. So if you are the piano player, God's going to put that person who is good at check boxes and organizing, right? Or vice versa. Right. Because right. I promise you, if God is moving in your heart to start this ministry, he's also moving in the heart of the person that he's going to bring alongside of you to, to lift it up. The neat part about church ministry that, or the part that I guess I grew into and enjoyed is I think everybody comes into it by having some particular strength. You know, like I, I came into it as I'm the piano player and I can put together a children's song, you know, but there comes a point where if that silo, if that ministry is going to grow and flourish, it can't just be about me and right. me coming up with the next great arrangement or me coming up with the next, whatever it is, me, uh, me as a children's pastor coming up as with the next great um, event, you know, it, at some point, every area of church ministry turns into leadership building and, uh, mm. and, and volunteer training. Mm-hmm. And, and you are a facilitator of these people in church because ultimately it's their church. You know, it's their church as much as it is you on staff. This is their family's investment. This is like Charlie said, this is, these are people that God is growing these talents and these gifts yeah. and these abilities in their lives. And it's your job to be that place to provide that where God can continue mm-hmm. to develop them in practice, right. not just in theory. You are there to, to nurture that growth and to give it room to, to put parameters around it and, and to help grow. So you as a children's pastor or you as a worship leader or you as a kids choir leader, at some point your job is going to turn into leadership building. And how yes. are you trying? those people and giving them opportunities to grow. And like Charlie said, once you identify your weakness, you realize God's building that strength in someone. Let's find them. Let's bring them on board. Now, all of a sudden we're a team and, and I'm giving them the opportunity for God to continue to build them in the service that he has for them. I'm not just, 
I'm not just churning out the next week of worship. I'm now building these leaders who are then in turn going to build other leaders. And well, it's relational ministry, right? Yes. Right. And so, and we have that in all aspects of our ministries. And so one thing that I would always tell my volunteers is relationships over programs. So yeah. no matter if we're mm. putting on weekend programming of our curriculum, yeah. whether we're putting together our worship set or the kids are learning hand motions, or if we're putting together an actual program like a Christmas musical or something for Easter, right? It is that that program isn't what's changing the lives. It's the relationship is the mentor that's speaking into them and that they are seeing um, the words and the actions uh, a person is doing within these kids' lives, that's what's, um, that's what's changing them. And that's what they'll hold on to at the end of the day. So, um, and you're able to do that as a leader, you're able to do that within your own volunteers. So like a lot of times, like if they're coming every Sunday and leading in your children's area, well, you've just created their own like little small Small group, group, right? (laughs) And it is your responsibility to, to feed them, right? Yes, right. And give them right. opportunities. A lot of times that might be hard for a leader that might want to white knuckle something. <laughs> that, that requires you to loosen that grip and come yes. open-handed and yes. say, you have real ministry opportunities here. And the Lord is going to work on it because it's not ours at the end of the day. It's the Lord's, right? That's right. And so, um, and how great is it to say, um, if I am not bringing up leaders behind me, then what am I doing? You know, Mm. I I don't, I don't want to look back and just say, I did this because I did nothing. Christ through me did something and Christ, we have created this generation of leaders behind us to go out and continue doing the work it's passing on the baton it's what we're called to do we're constantly passing on the baton yeah that was solid (laughs) good stuff um wow well i hate to i hate to wrap up but i'm gonna have to um and i don't want to yeah yeah <laughs> uh-huh. Get my pencil out and pull it all back in, right? Um again, somebody's gonna have to Google that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm feeling really old today now. <laughs> well, you guys, thank you so much. Um, tell us a little bit more about CM worship and how people can learn more about what y'all are doing and what you have uh, available because you have some great stuff. Um, I got to listen to some of the music sitting there. Um, yeah, and, yeah, that's uh, true. You heard you heard House of the Lord nonstop for two days. It's good though. It's good. I like it. <laughs> no, um, we um are all online. It's cmworship.com. That stands for children's ministry worship, too, by the way. Ooh, we we thought that would be intuitive, but not everybody gets that. <laughs> Um, we have resources on there, everything from um, pre-K to uh, around middle school um, worship. Um, we've partnered with our great friend, Miss Patty Cake, um, to bring all of the preschool worship. Um, and then we house all of the 
um, all of the elementary worship on there. We also have resources um, for um, scripture memory lessons. We call those word perfects. Uh, we also have a new curriculum by Johnny Rogers out there that does a five-week study on virtues. So um, we're very excited. We have a kids' choir Christmas musical coming up, um, a new Easter musical, and a Mother's Day musical that's coming out next week. So wow, we have All a lot right. going on. Well, and I know there's been people in the Facebook groups that have been looking for musicals, so... Head over to cmworship.com and check it out for sure. Um, well, guys, thanks. Um, we'll have to have you back on and, and continue to talk about some of this kind of stuff in the future. Um, thank but you thanks. So thanks for making time today. Yeah, uh, no, we you. really appreciate it. It's been a blast. Cool. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't left us a review, go ahead and do that. And again, we thank the sundayschool.store uh, for their sponsorship of this episode. And again, if there's anything we can do for you, uh, reach out, let us know we're here to serve. Uh, if you haven't joined the kid ministry collective Facebook group, go join, uh, just answer all the questions. Otherwise we don't let you in. There's a real big guard dog that makes sure you check all those boxes. So, um, he bites, uh, well, he hits the delete button anyway. Um, so answer all the questions, people, your leaders, come on. Um, so anyway, but thanks for listening. We've got some great episodes coming up, some great features, um, and guests and resources. So, uh, stay tuned for some more episodes of the kids ministry collective podcast real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the kids ministry collective podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills and ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.